0: Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Honors Pod. My name is Miranda Kortenhoven. I'm a senior in the Honors Program, and I'm particularly excited about today's episode because we're featuring a special conversation with Julia Ustama about her journey in connecting the world of faith and the world of science, specifically in regards to evolution. And as a fellow biology student, I love this conversation. It's so important for me to be able to communicate the relationship I see between my faith and science. And this is something that I consider regularly in my studies. I have so much respect for the way Julia approaches this sometimes difficult conversation, and I'm super excited to hear this interview.
1: Do you know Julia Ostima? She is a Trinity Honors student. She wrote a poem for an honors seminar taught by Dr. Tianto, Dr. Carlson, and this poem brings together science and theology and skill with language and community involvement. I'm excited to say it's recently been published in an issue of the magazine God and Nature. You can read it for yourself online. And before Julia talks us through some of the risk, some of the adventure in writing this poem, here is the work itself, read by the poet herself.
0: that God is sovereign, that everything that happens, happens for a reason. From the smallest occurrence to the biggest disaster, it's all part of his perfect plan. Your stubbed toe, your cancer diagnosis, your spilled coffee, your failed marriage. It might not make sense, but it's God's will. Just trust him. Just believe. We say that evolution is ludicrous. God couldn't have created this world using a process of violence, suffering, and death. Where animals hunt and kill one another, where the weakest die and the fittest survive, that's barbaric and cruel, wild and dangerous, that doesn't match God's character. Adam and Eve were our first parents. The world was created in six days, Eve was tempted by a talking snake, took a bite of an apple, passed it on to her husband, and corrupted the human race. We're so certain. We don't realize that we're chopping God up into small, digestible pieces, that we're drawing lines and setting boundaries that he couldn't possibly cross. We're trying to make a God that looks like us and thinks like us and behaves like us, one that's easier to understand and deal with, that doesn't challenge our assumptions or make us uncomfortable or cause us to change our minds. But that God isn't great. He's pathetic and small. Our God is not a micromanager or a helicopter parent or a puppet master pulling on strings. He's the composer, conductor of a musical masterpiece already written but still being played, and we're the musicians. We've been invited to join the creator in making music, beautiful music, music that frees the captive, welcomes the outcast, pursues the lost and the lonely, that heals hurting hearts, restores rocky relationships, brings beauty out of brokenness. Even when we insist on playing the wrong notes, coming in at the wrong times, finding our own way, the conductor knows what he's doing. He wrote the piece, he knows the ending, and he'll get there deviations and all. Trust his judgment, trust his process. This moment might sound discordant, but resolution is coming. God is. Science can't diminish what he's done, is, doing, and will do. Fossils, common ancestry, population, genetics, mutations, natural selection, laws of nature. These things don't depend on a godless universe that runs on luck and random chance. They are proof of God's faithfulness and unfailing love. Our God is ferocious and gentle and magnificent admire his creation, get lost in the music, laugh and dance and shout and sing, ask the hard questions, seek understanding, ponder and wonder and stand amazed at a god you can't understand or explain. And when you get overwhelmed by it all, when you feel like drowning, when it's hard to breathe, slow down, step back. Rest in the arms of the same God who created the universe, who upholds all creation and who calls you his child. This is our creator, redeemer, sustainer. This is our God.
1: Wow. Thank you. Sometimes, I don't have a great deal of experience writing poetry, but sometimes when you write anything, whether it's a poem or an essay or a book, the writing itself is a part of the learning at least that's been my experience i wonder if you could talk a little bit about what you had learned before you started writing and then like what did you learn as you wrote did you feel like you learned as you wrote or what was the experience like
0: i definitely did feel like i learned as i wrote uh before i started writing the poem evolution was becoming more and more compelling to me as a scientist as a biology major um I was learning more and more about the science of evolution. Mm -hmm. um, And so that was becoming more compelling to me. And then also studying the theology, uh, wrestling with Genesis, um, Mm -hmm. realizing that there are so many ways to interpret scripture um, was becoming a bigger and bigger thing Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And, So as I wrote this poem, going into this poem, I was realizing that God was a lot more complicated than I thought. Mm -hmm. And then when I wrote this poem, I had a bunch of questions. I still had a bunch of questions. um, And I just wanted to put it down into words and kind of process um, what was happening in my head. And I think in the process of writing, I learned that I needed to be content in the questions because I'm never gonna have all the answers. (laughs) So learning to sit in the questions um, and kind of trust that God is good and God is faithful, even when I don't get it, um, that's what I learned when I was writing. Mm -hmm.
1: Something that struck me in listening to you read that, that I think I'd forgotten since the last time I've read this um, was that the, the theology your poem casts is not a theology in which we are spectators. We're involved. God puts us into the middle of creation. And, you know, the Genesis account says God gave Adam this task to name the animals and then watch to see what he would name them. There's this kind of involvement that's really frightening, actually, or risky or adventuresome. I don't know. depends on your mood that day. So that place of non that place of involvement is super challenging and I'd rather be a spectator most days. you know, I'd rather be up on the back row of the stadium watching instead of being the player. But I, I wonder how this poem and, and writing this poem like positions you involves you. So here's how I want to ask that in particular. I'm, I'm wanting to get at the kind of risk that you feel as you write as a poet and as a scientist. And then as a devout person, um, all that mixed together, right? Um, You're in the midst of it. You're in the middle of it as you're writing. Could you talk a little bit about what you are between or or what you're among as you're writing this poem? What are some of the forces or people or communities that you feel like, wow, I'm in the middle of this?
0: I think the biggest thing was... Growing up I belonged to a family and a church where evolution was not an option. Um, We interpreted scripture literally and Genesis meant what Genesis said and so coming into Trinity and being exposed to the different perspectives and different options and studying evolution and being a biology major Um, I kind of found myself stuck in between like the worldview I grew up in Mm -hmm. and the worldview I was being exposed to Mm -hmm. Um, and like all the questions and all the tension that comes with that um, and trying to figure out like what I believed and how I fit in. So
1: that doesn't sound like an easy place to be when I'm in a place like that myself I think... I look around for guides. I look around for p- other people who have sort of figured some of these things out before in their own context. And then I say, like, how would you do that? And then I try to, you know, do something similar. Um, when you're writing poetry, I, I hear, I think, like lots of voices in your poem, lots of guides, lots of people who have been important for you. And they kind of speak through you here, if I'm guessing right. And you can tell me if that metaphor doesn't work here. But yeah, are there multiple voices? Can you identify some of the voices as you read it again, listen to it again?
0: Yeah, there are definitely multiple voices coming through in my poem, I think. I didn't even realize how many voices there were until I just read it again and like was thinking. But. At the beginning, I definitely hear more of my family and my church and, like, where I came from and how I thought before. Towards the middle, when I use the um, music metaphor uh, with the God as the composer-conductor, hmm. we read something in the class I took where that was kind of used a little bit, and then Dr. Tianto really, like, brought it to life in class, and we spent almost a whole class period just, like, piecing together like how that works and like Mm. what that would look like and i knew i needed to like write about it somehow um so dr tianto his voice is definitely in there and then of course the end when i'm telling myself to breathe and step back that's all dr carlson he Mm. was Mm. i struggled so much in the questions at some points and he was always there like Take a breath, like take a step back, like remember to breathe. It's like, okay.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's rich. So in the honors program, this is the honors pod. We got to bring this home here. (laughs) The honors program, we have a, a little mantra and that is we want to encourage everybody to be thinking wider and reaching wider. How did this poem compel you to do those things? Thinking wider, reaching wider. How is it continuing to do that for you?
0: I think every time I come back to it, it brings new things. I read it so much and I was working on it so much, like at the time that I like didn't really process it anymore. Hmm. Um, But I think even being able to bring together the biology and the theology and the poetry together Mm -hmm. um, was really fun for me and as a biology English double major. Now, um, I felt like it really allowed me to use the, my gifts um, and think, I think it allowed me to think wider just by combining so many different aspects of life. Um, and then reaching wider, I shared this poem at Opus, um, Dr. Carlson and Dr. Tianto convinced me to Mm -hmm. and then now it's published online (laughs) (laughs) on God in Nature magazine so yeah yeah, it's crazy but
1: yeah that's a reach Uh, each step along the way writing the poem presenting it you know to your class presenting it opus you know getting it published definitely reaching wider I wonder I did not Preface. I, I didn't preview you for this question. So if it doesn't work, that's okay. But I wonder if there's some advice you might give to other people. Not all of us will be writing poetry, right? But almost all of us will find, you know, just as you said, like the, the, the theology world and the science world and the, the poetry world, like put all those together. It's a lot um, to keep your balance and you've got to breathe deeply and, and all that. But Yeah, as other students like you find this kind of mingling of worlds, what kind of advice would you give them?
0: I would say absolutely find other people, other professors, um, mentors, friends that you can talk to and, like, work with along the way. Because when you put so many things together and when you have so many questions and you're trying to, like, juggle it all and figure it all out, you're not going to figure it out by yourself. Hmm. Um, That's, I think, one of the biggest things I learned last semester was that you need other people and you need to be in community, Hmm. Um, not just to, like, benefit yourself, but to benefit other people, too. What you have to offer will help them, and what they have to offer will help you. Um, So just putting yourself out there and finding people you can trust.
1: What would you say about the ways that communities also get in the way? Like, are, are there ways in which you've had to differentiate yourself or, I don't know, understand yourself anew in community. Um, I, I, I ask this question because I've just been reading this book lately called um, Conflict is Not Abuse, and it's written by Sarah um, Schulman, and she remarks that we can have good friend groups, so to speak, and bad friend groups. And sometimes our bad friend groups, um, they don't challenge us, they just sort of affirm like whatever we say and they're like i'm on your side and that sort of thing whereas the sort of good community she's saying ideally is self-aware it critiques you and that sort of thing so yeah have you found have you had to deal with what shulman is describing there as like the good friend group and the bad friend group um some of those dynamics or not
0: yeah i think for me Because I'm in so many different communities with different perspectives, Mm -hmm. it's been both good and hard Mm -hmm. because I've been able to talk to people who don't agree with me, talk to people who maybe do agree with me and talk to people who make me think about things that I haven't even thought about before. Um, So I think... Mm-hmm. Having relationships with a variety of different people, um, of different backgrounds with different perspectives, mm-hmm. really helps um, to develop your own opinions and perspectives on the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes that challenge is not fun, but it's it you do grow through it. You. I mean, uh, often when I encounter people who have a different standpoint than me, I I respond in. I want to get away from them, or I feel uncomfortable, or I, I feel scared. Like, I'm just like, what? You see the world completely differently from me? That's, that's frightening to me. It makes me uneasy. Um, but then there are these kind of joyous moments where you you realize, like, I need you. Like, you are incredibly different from me. But I, you know, in some sense, we need each other. Um, well, thank you for taking the time to share your work. And also a little bit of the, some of the background music to this this project
0: thanks for having me
1: this has been an episode of the honors pod it's focused on the work of trinity honors student julia ostema a poem entitled an evolution of faith now published in the magazine god and nature you can find a link to that poem in the notes for this pod but i found it for myself simply by googling it so you can do the same I hope this episode has helped you to recognize yourself as someone capable of thinking wider and reaching wider, whatever your field of study. My name is Craig Mattson, and I am the provisional host for the Honors Pod. Looking forward to being joined by honors students on our pod team and getting into the the podcasting of the semester. See you soon.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Honors Pod. Feel free to join us next Monday.